As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, 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 Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. But anyway, we have a fantastic program, as all of Rich Dad programs are. Is Today we're talking about the subject called success, financial success, and do you have what it takes to achieve success? And uh, we have a very special guest. His name is Ryan Holiday. I just got a copy of his latest book coming out. It's called Perennial Seller. And I haven't read the book, but I like his other books he's written. And he is um, one of the leading young philosophers coming up as to how do we handle today's world, environment, and media. So the question I have here is that, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad has sold now over 41 million copies. Wow. And most people don't even know that. And I have people coming up to me and saying, yeah, yeah I was, see, I flunked out of school twice because I can't write. So for sure. me to write a bestseller, I have all these attorneys, accountants, and A students coming up to me and say, well, if an idiot like you can write a bestseller, then so should I. And so one of my questions today for you is this, is what does it take to write a bestseller? And I spent 20 years now. It's still number three in Publishers Weekly after 20 years. I want to find out what the heck with that. I don't know if you've read the book or not, but uh, some of the things I've read are, are interesting because it, I never intended to write a bestseller. So, Kim, what do you want to say? Well, this is going to be a fun interview because Ryan, um, he is a marketing guy, and we love marketing. And that's uh, we. I'm gonna. I'm what I what I love about his book, Perennial Seller. The subtitle is the art of making and marketing work that lasts. The key word being work that lasts. So, 20 years is pretty long, you know. I would say, and still be on the bestseller list after 20 years, is pretty long. And we also have Greg Arthur, who's the marketing director. He's a genius of our company. And he, he'd like to know also what the heck did we do here at Rich Dad that's lasting. So with that, Rick, what do you want to say? Well, first of all, that is completely true. And also, I love that you were kind of both sides of marketing where you kind of show the dark, evil side. And then you also show how to use marketing for good. And so I, I'm excited to learn from you. So once again, you know, it was my aunt in New York who saw me go through school in New York. And she knew I was flunking out constantly. So when she saw that my book, and she hated my book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because she's poor, and she's an academic, she's a school teacher, and she says, well, if I, you can do it, so can I, because you're an idiot. And so I want to know what an idiot did. So welcome to the program, Ryan. Thank you for having me. And we, before we begin, can you give us a little your background and how you got into this business, because you have many, many books. You're, you're considered one of the young philosophers coming up for the new marketing and the new world. Well, th thank you. Yeah, so I, I, I sort of have my foot in both camps. I, I started, um, uh, I was a research assistant for an, for an author named Robert Greene who wrote a book called The 48 Laws of Power, which, like yours, has been around for about 20 years and still sells like crazy, even though there's really no marketing done for it. So I was sort of learning how you make books. And then on the other hand, my background was in marketing, and I, I, I was the director of marketing at American Apparel, which is at one point one of the 
biggest fashion companies in the world. I've worked with a number of other big authors and brands and personalities. So I sort of, I, I love books. I love the art and the craft of writing. And they sort of come together because there's so many people who make brilliant things and then they sell zero copies. And I think what, what you're sort of hinting at at your story is that um, it's, it's not necessarily about making this work of art, but it's about making something that people actually need that fills a real niche. Right, and but so, this is not just about books. You know, there's a lot of, yeah. as you know, there's, I, I see, you know, when you look at pro football, everybody wants to be a pro football player, but only a few make it. 60 yeah. minutes round thing on the Chicago Cubs. Look at every golfer when, you know, Kim played in his pro-am. There was like 300 losers out there because only one won. <laughs> That's and, right. and of those 300 losers, there was like 25,000 losers who never even made the, the tournament. And so what is the key to making it? You know, that's really, I think, what people want to know is how does somebody achieve success, especially in today's world? And long-term success. Well, even in, say, professional football, it's like the average career of an athlete in in the NFL is like two years. Whereas if you pick something like writing, and again, it's not about being a writer, but about thinking this way, you know, I could write books and you could write books until we're 90. Um, So I think what you're trying, the the first step, that even if you're a terrible marketer, the first step is in picking something that people, one, actually need, and two, that's going to be timeless. You know, Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, he's saying, you know, we want to focus on the things that don't change. So if you're chasing these trends all the time, then you're at the mercy of those trends. But people always like cheap stuff. You know, they always like uh, good customer service. They always like it being delivered in a timely way. You know, so if you're focusing on the timeless elements, you're making your job easier. And I think, you know, by writing a book that helps people, people are like, I want to be rich. I want to be successful. That's a perennial niche that you found, just like the authors of, let's say, what to expect when you're expecting made a really great decision because people get pregnant every day and they have no idea what to do about it. But what's going to ask you this? In your opinion, is 31 million copies worldwide in 50 languages an accomplishment? Of course, of so course. What, so how do you define bestseller then? Cause well, that's the, the problem is most people use the New York Times definition of bestseller, which is that it sold the most in a given week based on a, a number of other complicated criteria that until you're an author you don't even understand are, are, are sort of filtering out these books. Um, and and, and I, I, I don't know if you know this, um, Ryan, but the New York Times took me off the list after seven years because they said they were tired of me being up there. Right, right. So people don't understand that it's that's not even the actual list of raw bestsellers. Um, and and so I think it's like we all want to make something like yours that lasts for twenty years. Yet we measure ourselves in these uh, on the wrong metrics. We like who 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 knows how many copies The Great Gatsby sold in its first week, um, or who knows. I, most people have no idea how many copies your book sold in the first week, or nobody knows Zero. how much money Star Wars <laughs> made in its opening weekend. Uh, what matters is that we're still talking about it today. And so you want to focus on the larger picture, not winning these meaningless competitions week to week. So I'm asking this question by any chance. Did you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? I have, yes. Okay, so let me ask you this. What causes me to win? I think, I think what you wrote, if I was sort of... Obviously, there's, a, there's a, a little bit of revisionist history in, in some of these things, but I think what you did was you wrote, um, you wrote in a very timeless way, first and foremost. You wrote a book that isn't about, 
you know, here's how to manage your IRA right now, you know, here's how you should, uh, here, here's some stocks to pick. You wrote about the philosophy uh, of, of, uh, of, of the entire thing. So it, in and of itself, it's, it's timeless in the way that a, a think and grow rich is timeless. Um, and, then, and then I think you, you wrote about it in a way, um, and this probably goes to what you're saying about, you know, your aptitude for writing, you wrote it about it in a way that almost reminds me of how my grandfather might speak. It's, it's very common sense wisdom as opposed to really complicated economics. And so I think part of what you did was you, you, you nailed uh, an, un, an underserved niche in the market. Uh, and that, that, is, that is one of the first marks of a perennial seller. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, The Rich Dad Radio Show. Our guest today is Ryan Holiday. He is considered the genius today, especially today in overcrowded media. And uh, I'm going to find out what the heck, because he says if you sell 40,000 copies, that's really a success. But to sell 41 million copies, that's beyond success and all these things. Uh, I want to find out what I did because, as, as I said earlier, I flunked out of school twice because I can't write, and I still can't write. I still have to have an editor you know, spell check for me and do the grammar and all this stuff. And I never set out to write, write a bestseller. You know, when Kim and I published a book tw 20 years ago in 1997, we printed 1,000 copies, never thinking we'd sell any of them. Right, Kim? That's right. That's right. And, uh, that's, and you talk about that, Ryan, in your book, in that people, when you set out, when we wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, we had no idea it would be the huge success that it's become. Um, it was 20 years in the works, really. Um, but you say that in the book, you, you know, nobody sets out. Before, before we wrote it. Before we wrote it, yes. Right. And you say in your book that, you know, nobody sets out to, nobody can tell if there's going to be a bestseller or not. You just don't know. But let, sure. me, ask, let me ask you this, because, Ryan, you're the author of Perennial Seller, The Art of Making and Marketing Work That Lasts. You're also the author of Trust Me, I'm Lying, which was very controversial. The Obstacle is the Way and Ego is the Enemy. Uh, I, don't, I don't need that book because my ego no, is well No, you don't need the well ego book. Here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> my ego got worse. So, Ryan, you say that an essential part of making perennial lasting work is making sure that you're pursuing the best of your ideas and that they are ideas that only you can have. What, what do you mean by that, only ideas that you can have? Sure. So I think what I see a lot with, with authors or creatives or, or business people, they go, uh, like, for instance, launching a coffee shop is a very difficult business to be in because there's so many coffee shops and it's very difficult to, to make a distinction between between one or another. So, like, if, if you were pitching to your coffee shop, you'd say, oh, well, you know, these beans are even better, or this location is even better. Or you'd say it's like Starbucks, but it's a little bit different, right? So, so what you're essentially doing is you're going head-to-head -head with, with entrenched experts with a lot of other people who are trying to do the same thing. I think what you want to do is you, always, you want to gravitate towards something new and different. And you want to do the thing, and one of the ways you do that is by doing something that only you can do. We're all unique individuals. We all have our own so you, unique so background. You're, so you're creating a niche that nobody else has yes. embarked and upon. You, you know, Peter Thiel talks about this. He's like, you, capitalism isn't about competition. It's about creating a monopoly. You want to create a monopoly around yourself. You know, where, there, where you have the least amount of competition, you have the best margins, you stand out the most. You know, you have the, the least amount of, of competitors. So I'm, I'm always trying to think, you know, let's say you wanted to write about finance. You would say, 
I want to write the finance book that only I could write, not the finance book that Tony Robbins could write or wh- whoever is dominant in that space. You want to do what's unique and special to you um, rather than treading in other people's footsteps. Well, let me ask you this, okay, in your book, again, I think it's Perennial Sellers, you talk about Microsoft, this is corporate guys, and they haven't come out with it. They wrote, you said they wrote Zoom and Bing, yeah. but they didn't succeed, and they, and they have all this this corporate mindset, they have all this money, all the resources, and they can't kick uh, Gates's butt. What what goes on there? How come the, how come all the money in the world, the best minds can't beat a, a single guy like Gates? Well, a lot a lot of these things are derivative products, right? You know, Apple launches an iPod, so then they come out with a, an MP3 player. Somebody launches um, a tablet, so they launch a tablet. Um, when the reality is. Most of their money is made from from the Windows operating system and from the Microsoft Office. From product. one product. So, from one product. What's the yeah, guys? Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking to a very important young man today, Ryan Holiday. His book's coming out soon. It's called Perennial Seller. For those, it's not really about selling. It's about being the best in your field that nobody else can be. And when we come back, we'll be going more into what you can do, become the best success in your field. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Thanks for tuning in to The Rich Dad Radio Show. If you like what you're hearing, go to iTunes or Android, subscribe to the show, and leave a rating and review to help other financially-minded people like you find The Rich Dad Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in and keep on learning. Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs, S, or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760, or visit online at CorporateDirect.com. That's CorporateDirect.com. Log on to RichDadRadio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. Our radio program today is our special guest is Ryan Holiday. His fantastic books, easy to read, very insightful, and they're especially written for any of you out there who want to be more successful, even more successful, yet he's very uh, astute in programming, having us think about ego as the enemy, because what happens is when you have too much success, a lot of times the ego takes over. So uh, I started with perennial bestseller, but ego as the enemy is my favorite book right now. So uh, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. All of our programs are archived at Rich Dad Radio. We archive them so you can listen to them again because repetition is how we learn. Greg, you're, you're kind of our marketing. You're a marketing guy, but we're using more social media than anything else. So what are the things so, we're so doing? So Greg is our marketing expert here expert, at Rich yeah. Dad, the Rich fantastic. Dad Company, Greg Absolutely Arthur. Fantastic. So, so what do we, this is what we do. We, we basically listen to every word that you say, you and Kim, every word that you write. And then we give it back to the community. We have a, a huge email list, um, and, and we cultivate that by giving them little pieces of you. And, and basically we say, if you want to get more of Robert and Kim, 
you need to give us your email address so that we can keep sending you so, their messages. So a big part of it is is getting those these databases bigger and bigger, getting our Facebook more and more people watching and listening, and that's kind of the whole goal. Exactly. Our, our whole goal is to grow our list no matter what form, Facebook, Twitter, email, and we do that by giving them more Robert and Kim. So what do you think? What do you think about that, Ryan? Because that's the general uh, vernacular and strategies of today, which I don't yeah, participate Yeah, absolutely. In. Look, I think if you don't have direct access to your customers, if you're not cultivating a relationship and an ability to communicate with each other, you're really shooting yourself in the foot. I, I worked with an author a few years ago. Early in the, in the early 2000s, he wrote a book and it sold a million copies. And then five or six years later, it came out with the next book. And it was as if he'd never sold a million copies because he was starting from scratch. It, he didn't have a million email addresses. He'd sold those books through bookstores. And now, you know, Borders, one of those bookstores doesn't even exist anymore. You know, most of the orders now come from Amazon. So it, this is what, what we call amnesia marketing. If you don't own a relationship with your customers, if you're not cultivating, you know, them on social media, on your email list, et cetera, you're, you're going to have to start over multiple times. And what happens if, um, you know, for whatever reason, there's some controversy and now the media won't have you on? You're not going to have access to the public. So it's, it's essential for any creator or entrepreneur or business person to be developing a list that they own. And ideally, that list is as big as possible because that's where that's the health of your business is how many people could you interact with tomorrow if you needed to. And, and let me ask you this, Ryan. So you say to build a relationship and, you know, we can Twitter and Facebook and mm -hmm. email. What's the key to developing the relationship? instead of just I, getting their names and addresses and phone numbers? I think it's the delivering of value and trust and authenticity. You look at, at people don't maybe think of politicians as, in the same way that we do a creator, an entrepreneur, but you take someone like Winston Churchill. He's pushed out of power in the early 1930s, and um, you'd think that would have been the end of his career. It's not. He, he, he seizes on radio as, as being a way to communicate with the world. He develops this platform where he... He's giving these broadcasts, and he's, he's trying to warn people about the rising threat of, of Germany, um, about rearmament and, and all these things. And he, he, so he's out of political power, but because he has this relationship with the public, including many, many people in America, he's actually more popular in America than he is in Britain, he's able to stay relevant, he's able to have influence over policy. And then finally, when the world comes to its senses and goes, oh, wait, you know, we totally missed the boat, Churchill is, is right there, and he's able to jump back in and, and obviously, you know, you could argue save humanity. And so I want people to think about, you know, if tomorrow, if, if you were blacklisted on all traditional media, if your store was closed down, you know, would you have the ability to – would you have a network of people who trust and love you, who you've been delivering value to day in and day out – who would be able to back you up when you needed them. So, Craig, do we have that in this company? We do have that, yeah. yep. How's it working? Uh, it actually works really well. Um, what, one of the things we did... They never ask me for anything, so I'm just kind of <laughs> in the dark all the time. We I, just listen to you, and, yeah. the, and then... It's like Trump. He has more people against him now than ever before, yeah. and his popularity is the lowest ever, but he's actually more popular. And, I mean, you know, something's going on. Yeah, so that's what I want to find out about, because if I run it as a popularity contest, I'd never be, you know, I'd never get there. And... and Speaking to Trump, I mean, Trump uses all these vehicles. Is that is that helping him, hurting them? What what is, what's your take on that? 
I, I think it's, it's obviously complicated with Trump, and it's always dangerous to talk about politics. But I do think it's interesting, right? You, you, I think for the most part, the, the mainstream media is pretty clear on where they stand about Trump. But that doesn't matter to Trump because he's interacting directly with his audience mm-hmm. on Twitter. He's, he's never in a situation so far where Trump has something that he wants to communicate to the public that he's having trouble getting that message out. Well, how, so, how, how it, dangerous is that for Trump? Because he, he seems to be the Teflon king. You know, he has that thing with Billy Bush, he says horrible things that I wouldn't even say. And he just keeps bouncing along. And that's because he, his audience has a relationship with him that, where they don't care about those things. So love him or, or hate him, he has built an environment where he doesn't need gatekeepers to say, sorry, we're kicking, or he, gatekeepers can't say to him, sorry, you're out, right? Because he can go on Twitter and reach 10 or 20 million people. And, 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 that, and that's very important. And that's probably one of the more brilliant things he's done because, Ryan, you talk about being authentic and being true to yourself. And people know that Trump is up there at three or four in the morning, and this is really from him, and he's really tweeting this to you personally. Absolutely. Like, personally, I find that alarming. That's not what I want a president to be doing. <laughs> but, it, you know, if you like that, he's straightforward with you. And so pe- the, there are people who appreciate all the things that other people dislike about Trump. You have to realize that there's a, millions of people who like him for precisely that reason. And that's why you want to have your list. You don't want to be dependent on people who don't like you to communicate with the people who do like you. Mm. So I'm kind of censored in my own company. I can't say certain things and all this because I always piss people off. Um, should I continue or should I turn into a nice guy, which I'm really not? <laughs> I think it, it always depends on the brand that you're trying to build. I think obviously Trump, uh, you know, for instance, has built this sort of combative, crazy, bulletproof you know, image. And, and maybe that's working. Maybe it's not. Because um, a lot of the clients that I've worked with have been very controversial. A lot of people like, I want to do that. And it's, I'm not sure you want your yoga studio to be pissing people off. Um, ideally, you know, you want your reputation to be based on the quality of your work and, and the, the impact that it's having on people and be as straightforward as you can about it. But sometimes to break through the noise, you know, we do have to do we do have to say the things that other people are unwilling to say, and, and that unvarnished truth can be refreshing and, and, and provocative. One of the, I think one of the areas, Robert, you get frustrated is when we do communicate your messages out to, to the community, we do it in the same voice that is in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, and I think that's frustrating to you because you're not the same man you were 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> That's not the reason I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right, right. So anyway, we're talking today to Ryan Holiday. He is the author of some fantastic books. If you guys are into success, I mean, his latest book's coming out. is called Perennial Seller. And I'm surprised that a, a, a good-selling book is 400,000 copies. And I sold, now with, with pirated versions, over 41 million copies. 20 years later, I'm still on the bestseller list. Uh, Publishers Weekly, about the only organization that loves me anymore, because the New York <laughs> Times yanked me off the list, just because I go against. I'm kind of like Trump. You know, he and I wrote two books together, and I kind of go against those elite, aristocrat, uh, educated people who think all you have to have is a college degree and you're better than everybody else. I mean, I just go after those guys. Well, and that's what, and that's what Ryan. This is what you say in your in your book. You say the higher, more exciting standard for a project to ask these questions: What sacred cows am I slaying? 
That's what we did. Going what, to school. Going what, to school. Yeah. What dominant institution am I displacing? The entire school system. I mean, this is what we went after. What groups am I disrupting? What people am I pissing off? Should I stop Those are that? great I mean, questions. Should I, should no, I, should I, should I recommend people get their PhD like my poor dad? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's clearly working for you. I think one of, the, one of the things that I think is important to say, though, is you, know, you sold 41 million copies of your books, or that's how many people have read them, which is amazing. And that's the right number for your work. BuzzFeed, which is a sort of big viral online publisher, I talk about this in Perennial, um, you know, everyone thinks that they're trying to make viral stuff. They're, you know, they're, all their stuff is designed to quote-unquote go viral. And the founder, he's saying, that's true, but you, you've got to understand that every piece has its own audience, and we're trying to go viral with those people. So if, a, if the audience for a given article is 2,000 people, we want to reach those 2,000 people. We don't want to try to reach 2 million people with something that's relevant to only 2,000 of them. So, you know, let's say somebody wrote a book about, um, I don't know, wildlife in Texas, that's probably not going to be read by a billion people because that's not how many live in Texas and care about wildlife. So it's like you want to know who your audience is and you want to absolutely nail their wants and needs and desires and not give a crap about the rest of the world. And I, what a lot of people do is they try to appeal to everyone and they end up appealing to no one. So what do you think about my message? Because the story of Rich Dad Poor Dad is a true story. And my old man was a PhD, and PhD stands for poor, helpless, and desperate. And every time I say that, I get censored. Don't you dare say that. It's like I'm stepping on the sacred cow of going to school, and so you can get a job. And today we all know the guys who are going to school just living with massive school debt, and very few will pay them off. So am no, I, I, what I do think, you recommend? Well, I think we have this sort of political correctness. We have these things that you're supposed to say or not say. And so people get very caught up with, with how that works. But then what I think is so powerful is then when you read something that, doesn't, that, that says the truth, that doesn't care about political correctness, it can be very powerful and refreshing and new. So okay. that, that I think one of the powerful things about your book is you, you say things in a way that people who, like what I love is I get this feedback a lot on my books. They'll go, you know, this is the first book that I've read since high school, or I don't read books, but I loved your book. To me, that's the highest compliment. It means I'm reaching people who otherwise thought that this stuff wasn't for them. And I think your book has, has that effect. Oh, By definitely. your honesty, you're reaching people who, who, who wouldn't uh, re typically read a book like this. Once again, Robert Kiel's got the Rich Dad Radio Show. Our special guest today is Ryan Holiday, bestseller. I mean, his future bestseller is coming out. It's called Perennial Seller. For all of you who just really want to be more successful, his books are it. He's also an expert on the media, con confessions of a media man manipulator. And I think Trump has really put into the psyche of the human mind that you can't trust the media. I never have anyway. And his other book is Ego, the Enemy is the Enemy, which I've got to read. And The Obstacle is the Way. So he is considered now the one of the greatest worldly philosophers on success. So when we come back, we'll be going into more, more than just about being a bestseller. About, it's really about how to become more successful and some of the pitfalls that people make. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Rich Dad Coaching offers a phenomenal variety of services and custom strategies, all aimed at ensuring a secure, comfortable, and rich future for you and your family. 
Now you can get weekly access to exclusive Rich Dad coaching services through our live stream events. Go to richdad.com and click on the on-demand banner at the top of the homepage. Great new videos are updated regularly. Get inside knowledge and insights from Robert Kiyosaki himself, Rich Dad coaching professionals, and more. Go to richdad.com and click on the on-demand banner at the top of the homepage. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. You can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on Android or iTunes, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them because we're an education company. We're not a financial advice company. And we recommend you listen to this program again and again and again because repetition is how we learn. It's like you can't learn to play golf with just one swing of the club. Also, get together with your friends and family and business partners because today's subject is a very important subject. It's about success. And I, I, I suspect anybody listening to this program wants more success. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening. And so our guest today is Ryan Holiday. He is, I mean, I, you know, some of the people that endorse Ryan are, you know, incredible, like Press, Stephen Pressfield, who's been a part of our program and all this. But uh, Ryan has been called, which I would agree, as the philosopher of this time. Because with social media and all this, you know, it's how do you control your, your PR, your public relations and all this stuff. And he has other books. He has Trust Me, I'm Lying, which is about fake news, which I think is all fake anyway. Ego is the Enemy, which is my new best-selling book for myself. The Obstacle is the Way, How Obstacles Are the Way Out of Things. And his latest book coming out is Perennial Bestseller. And for all, for all of you who think you have a best-selling book in that brain of yours, this might be the book for you to read. Because as I was saying, you know, I, I was, I, being a best-selling author is the last thing. When, if you looked at me in high school, they would say, no, there's no way. You know, he, he, he'd be a rocket scientist before best-selling author because I kept flunking out of school because I can't write. And then when I published, when Kim and I published Rich Dad, Poor Dad, we printed a 1,000 copies. He goes, gee, it's a lot of books. I said, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do with them. We're going to have Christmas gifts forever. You know, nobody wants this book. And, and the book was turned down by every publisher in New York. They said, you can't write. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, and all this stuff, but we just pursued on. But it wasn't about writing a bestseller. So today we have a bestseller. Today we sold 41 million copies. I had no idea that's a lot of copies, but we're still, after 21, 20 years, we're still on the, on the Publishers Weekly bestseller book. We're number three in personal finance. It's the most popular personal finance book in history. The New York Times won't touch it because after seven years, they kicked us off saying, we have to make room for somebody else because I think what was happening was, as you guys know, I was after those A students. I'm after those editors and publishers who are all, you know, the elites that Trump goes after also. Yeah, but I don't like those guys personally. They're not good people, I'm sure, but I like to mess with things. So that was some reason I wrote it. And when they yanked me off after almost seven years, I said, well, that's enough time, you know. But Oprah loves me and Trump loves me and all that stuff. But I just kept going. I never intended to write a bestseller. So here we are today after 20 years going into our 21st year and Ryan Holiday is saying that's a fairly good accomplishment, but the, I don't want my ego to get in the way, which it has. So, Kim, any questions you have for Ryan? Well, Ryan wrote the book Perennial Seller, and uh, the subtitle is The Art of Making and Marketing Work That Lasts. Again, I think work that lasts are the key components here. And when we were on the break, um, Greg, you were talking to Ryan. You had a really good question for him. 
Yeah. Um, and well, and Greg is the Greg is our marketing expert here at Rich Dad and responsible for all the Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> and he's the emails. guy that has to keep me muzzled and leashed yeah, that's, up. Yeah, that's the biggest job of <laughs> yeah. all. Before I go out and I become the real Robert Kiyosaki, <laughs> right, Greg? Well, that and that, and that was what go. my question was yes. about. There's there's two Roberts. There's Robert the educator, and then there's Robert the marine. And very often you get the education message through the Marine's mouth, which um, most people find shocking because they know you as Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, very lovingly, grandfatherly type. And so my question to Ryan was, am I doing the right thing for, for Robert and the brand? Should I be editing his message to retain the same voice? Um, because uh, the message is rebel. I the, mean, we are the yeah. rebel brand. It's a rebellious message against the school system. Sure. But the voice... And, yeah. and, and I think what, what I would say is you want to be rebellious in a way that is accessible to people, right? You, you don't want to challenge everything all the time for everyone. I, I think about someone like Kanye West, right? Uh, you know, he's, how many more fans would he have if he could stay seated at the Grammys or if he could keep his opinion about this unrelated subject or that unrelated subject to himself? Now, obviously, you don't want to, you don't, the reward for success and, and having an audience shouldn't be that you then, you know, never get to be yourself, but you also want to think about the responsibilities of the platform, and I think you want to be controversial about the right things, which is, you know, the, the, the brazenness of your message, of, of the sacred cows that you're challenging, of the, of the truths that you're telling, rather than about unrelated things or, or perhaps the the unmeasured delivery of, of those same messages. So I, I, I think it's I, a balance, ultimately. And that's what I feel like. You know, I, if, if I step up, I've got to be, hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, I can't be me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I'm not just afraid for you and the brand. I'm afraid for all the people that won't get helped by, by the brand continuing. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, it's not just about us in this booth. It's right. about all those millions of people that kind of lives have on, changed. And are counting on us to... Deliver what we deliver. Yeah. So, so Ryan, and that's Good why point. your book "Ego Is the Enemy" is my new book. I've got to study because you tell a story in there about uh, Howard Hughes, mm -hmm. how everybody thinks he was a fantastic entrepreneur and businessman, but he actually ran his ego ran that company Hughes into the ground, right? That, that's absolutely right, and and so. You know, there was a, there was a, a good uh, line I, I saw about Obama recently, and again, not to make this political, but they said, you know how Obama used to pause in the middle of his sentences? That was him thinking about the impact that his words, that words coming out of the mouth of the president would have. Very smart we man. All, we, we need to have a little bit of that. We need to be able to think a couple steps in advance and go, who is this going to affect? How is it going to affect them? Is it the most effective way that I can communicate what I'm saying? Because we, as we become successful, we have responsibility. We have employees, and we have families, and we have, uh, as, as you guys were saying, we have people who we hope will hear our message, and we don't want to drive them away unnecessarily. Ryan, that's fantastic advice. Yes. Fantastic. Because Kim and I were just studying that. What is knowledge? Knowledge is knowing the consequences. Yes. That's, that's like when, when uh, Lenin says the Beatles are more popular than Jesus. He was not aware of the consequences. So we tell people to re-listen to these podcasts over and over and over again. I think that's what Robert and I and Greg need to do on this one right here. That one point, we're going to listen to that again and again and again. So uh, final words on this whole thing. Your, your fantastic books. Your book's coming out as perennial bestseller. 
and ego is the enemy and all this, and we're talking about what it's gonna take, what is the psychology today for success? And you know, I think what you're saying is accurate in here, in a perennial bestseller with me. Perennial it's, it's seller. Perennial seller. It's not about writing a bestseller. For me, this is my life struggle. You know, I've been struggling with this, rich dad and poor dad, all my life. And even if rich dad failed and went away, I would still be doing the same thing. But some people, as you allude to in perennial seller, is they do it for the fame and accolades to make money and to be popular, right? Uh, that's totally right. I, I think you of all people would under, would understand this. It's like there are way better ways to make money in life oh. than writing a book. Oh. You know, there's yeah. many more profitable things. So if you're going to do that, or you're going to be a musician or a creative of some kind, a football you have star, to really love star. it. Yeah. It, but, it's it's it's. Well, I like your word, the struggle and sacrifice, because mm -hmm. I'm I am not going to change. I'm going to struggle and sacrifice. I my whole thing is I'm an advocate for financial education in our school systems. I think our school system is corrupt, broken, and obsolete. I'm never going to stop saying that. Is that correct, Greg? Yeah. Well, you. I'm never going to stop. Never. And and we don't want you to. No. You got a comment? Yeah. I, I, I had another question for you, Ryan. Um, we've been talking a lot about the product, but the product is the product, but you were, you were mentioning on the break that there's so much more as well, the marketing and the getting the message out. Yeah. There's a line from Emerson many, many years ago. He said, you know, if you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat a path to your door. That's not true. There are many undiscovered geniuses and brilliant products and ideas. You also have to be willing to get out there and hustle, whether that's going door to door or developing relationships or putting money behind advertising or, you know, finding the right partner. You have to be the CEO, not just of the idea, but also the hard work of building an audience person by person. Well, that's what you say in a perennial seller is it's struggle and great sacrifice. And I think there's a lot of people who don't want the struggle and they don't want to make the sacrifice. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Absolutely, and and see, like that's why I love the, you know, the parts that I did read of Perennial Seller, is that if Rich Dad was here or not, I'm not going to stop. It, it is who I am, right, Tim? Yeah, and and Ryan, you actually talk about it here in in Perennial Seller because you talk about and and you know we get a lot of people who also want to raise money for their companies, and so mm -hmm. they're looking at how to raise money. So this is a really good point you make in that respect too. You said, let's take two two cases. One's, one's a person who cares less about what he's making and more about what it can do for him to make money. And another who sits down and says, this is my life's work. This is what I was put on this planet to do. Who would you bet on? So you say every project must begin with the right intent. And I think that's really, really important for our listeners to hear. Yeah, absolutely. If, if, you're, if you're in this because you think it's going to be fun and easy and make you a millionaire overnight, you're not going to, when you run smack into that wall two months in, you're not going to have what it takes to get back up and throw yourself at it again and again and again right. until it collapses. Right. So, and well, you know, I'd like to invite you back again because you have your, I'm just covering two books here, Perennial Seller, which I, I kind of just hit it out of the park. I mean, after 20 years, you think my book will keep selling there, Ryan? Absolutely. There's, there's even an economic name for it. It's called the Lindy Effect. What is they that? Say every year that something exists, it doubles its half-life. So if you've been here for 20 years, you'll be here for at least another 20. And then if you're still there, you'll be there for another 40. All right. So, I like that. 
I like that a lot, and, and I wish and, that the same for you. And in dog years, <laughs> I'm dead at that point. And then um, the eagle was the enemy because I want to just say this much Greg will appreciate, too, is that the more successful I got, the worse my ego got. I got more frustrated, angry, and I wasn't happy with my success, was I? No, not at all. No, I got unhappier. Yeah, it frustrated you. Yeah. And I love what you said on the back of ego is the enemy, and I recommend to all my egotistical friends, especially entrepreneurs, to read this book. Ego has wrecked the careers of promising young geniuses. It's evaporated great fortunes and run companies into the ground. It's made adversity unbearable and turned struggle into shame. It's name, ego, and it is the enemy of ambition, of success, of resilience. It is an internal opponent, warned against by every great philosopher in the most lasting stories and countless works of art in every culture and every age. In these pages of this book, we fight to destroy it before it destroys us. So your book is timely, especially for me, is because I'm, I'm not happy with my success. You know, it's, I didn't do it for success, but I get more unhappy the more I have. And that's a great point because as anybody gets more and more successful, that ego can can really build up. So, so once book. again, Ryan, can I? It would be presumptuous to ask you back again to go into your books. I would be honored. Yeah, it's fantastic. You are the philosopher at times, and I really appreciate your wisdom and guidance, especially for me personally, for the Rich Dad Company, and for all our listeners. So, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. So we come back to the most popular part of our program, which is Ask Robert, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs, S, or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit online at corporatedirect.com. That's corporatedirect.com. The key to achieving your dreams is to develop a rich mindset instead of an excuse mindset. Instead of saying, I can't afford that, ask yourself, how can I afford that? It's amazing how a simple shift in thinking can open a world of new ideas and endless possibilities. Let the Rich Dad Company help kickstart your journey to financial freedom. Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Company have compiled Robert's top secrets to creating a rich mindset, now available in a 10-minute ebook, How to Achieve a Rich Mindset. This offer is available for a limited time only, so get yours today. Get your free ebook, How to Achieve a Rich Mindset. Go to richdad.com and look for the banner. Again, this is available only for a few days, so act fast. Go to richdad.com and look for the How to Achieve a Rich Mindset banner. Your financial education continues. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki the Rich Dad Radio Show. Once again, I want to thank Ryan Holiday, best-selling author and media expert, his uh, book we talked about comes out soon. It's called Perennial Seller. And the other book is Ego is Enemy, which is something I needed to read. I need to read. And other books are Obstacle is the Way. And trust me, I'm lying. He's considered one of the greatest the new philosophers for this age. I like his books. What I've read of them, they're very simple to read, very clear. He uses great examples. So thank you to Ryan. 
And then once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show any t your time and your schedule on iTunes and Android, and all of our programs are archived at Rich Dad Radio. And the reason we archive them is because repetition is how we learn best. And when you listen to this program again, you'll have whole new insights because today's program was really about success because anybody listening to this program wants success. If you don't want success, you wouldn't be able to listen to this program. But as I said earlier, which Ryan picked up, Ryan, uh, how they found out is that I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, not for success. I didn't really care. It's part of my struggle, it's part of my sacrifice. And whether there's a Rich Dad company here or not, I'm gonna write again, I'll keep going. I'm never gonna stop. So it had nothing to do about being successful. As I said, I flunked out of high school twice because I can't write. And I still can't write. I have to have an editor edit what I have to say because I'm not a great writer. So that's why I thank you for to Ryan, but his other book, Ego is the Enemy, the more successful I got, the more angry I got because I didn't really go after it for the success. Any comments, Kim? Well, yes, um, I just also want to say that I think the main point you're bringing up, and and Ryan talks about it, is is why why did you begin? I think that I mean, if you're talking about lasting success, you got to have something that's really at your core, so important and so passionate to you, and your intent must be aimed at that. I mean, I think that's where you start. We call it, right. you know, we call it finding your why. Um, but if you don't have that, I think your chances for long-term success are pretty slim. Like I said, I'm, I'm never going to stop. I'm just going to be the same person. And the reason Ego's Enemy is a very important book is I got angrier. So like all the advisors got together for five days and we watched and we discussed and we studied what goes on in the human psyche with success because we're all successful. We're all very, very rich. The question is, what do we do now? So once again, thank you to Brian Ryan Holiday. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at Rich Dad Radio. Because this is a very, very important success, very, very important subject because it's really not about success. It's really about getting on and doing what you really want to do with your life. Yes, and I just want to add that Ryan's also, um, his company is called Brass Check. It's a strategic marketing and advisory firm, and his website is ryanholiday.net. And I also want to thank Greg Arthur, our marketing our, our marketing expert here at the Rich Dad Company, because uh, he's what keeps you, he's what keeps us in touch with you. So thank you for Greg. And, and uh, Greg has a tough job because everybody, oh! Robert Kiyosaki, he's going to tell us to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If I have to do that again, I'll shoot myself because that's not the reason I wrote the book. So 20 years later, as Ryan says, you know, if I've survived this long, and most, most people don't survive this long, I've got to really watch my ego and check what I'm doing right now because I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing anyway. And I'm still upset with our, our educators, academic system. We don't teach anything about money. Ask my question. Why don't we do that? Some somebody says, why don't you go talk to the school system? I said, why, don't, why don't I just go back to Vietnam and shoot people? Because the school system doesn't really want my message anyway. So that's why I got frustrated. I didn't, do, I didn't write the book because I wanted to write a bestseller. A thousand copies, I thought we'd have extra. But I wrote it because I want to know why our school system doesn't teach us anything about money. And the more I found out about it, the angrier I got. This is really a corruption of our educational system. And that's why I get angry and angry, and that's why Greg has really got to keep me in check. Because the more successful I get, the angrier I get at times, because my ego kicks in. So first question, Melissa. Our first question today comes from Preston in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm in high school, and I'm what you would call a good student. I'm good at what I do, but I tend to hate it. I want to become an entrepreneur, but my parents and everyone else expects me to go to college and become an honest, hard worker. 
I would like some advice on what you think might be the best path for me to take. Well, that's a very legitimate question. And uh, just so I can plug my next book, it's called You've Ever Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's elementary school. The next book coming out is called Why the Rich Are Getting Richer. And why the rich are getting richer, what is real financial education, is kind of the answer to your question. You see, question goes again, why doesn't our school system teach us about money? There's a very good reason for that, because they want people to be employees. Now there's nothing wrong with that if you want to be an employee. But as you know today, there's more kids are coming out of school deeply you know, indebted to uh, school loan debt, and there's not that high paying job. So the reason I write and I speak is not that I'm against education, I'm against ignorance. And our school system should be teaching people about financial education, but they don't. So the latest book is called Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, What is Real Financial Education? It's about debt and taxes. Why does debt and taxes make the rich richer? For example, Donald Trump, as you know, probably doesn't pay any taxes. That's why he won't show his financial returns. Kim and I pay very little in taxes and we use debt. But they don't want to teach you that. And that's when I get angrier and angrier and angrier. Talk about rich dad, poor dad, but don't talk about anything else. And I just go a little psycho. So for those of you who want to go a little bit more psycho and find out what real financial education is, the book is called Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, and it comes out pretty soon. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, well, I really want to congratulate Preston. He's in high school. He's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He's thinking differently. Um, I, I, I understand. Um, I empathize with you on your working with your parents and your family who want you to be an honest, hardworking guy. Um, you know, Ryan talked about it. Ryan Holiday talked about it on the show today. And Ryan dropped out of school yeah, also at 19. That's what I'm saying. He dropped out of school at 19 and he found a mentor and his mentor was a writer. He wanted to be a writer and his mentor was Robert Greene who um, wrote a book and he wanted to learn. So maybe one step for you, Preston, is you might want to go find an entrepreneur in your area and go offer to work for him for free or her for free and um, learn from that way. So that might be a good starting point for and you. And Preston, I wouldn't drop out of school because people think that's what I say. I would just continue on in school, but choose your, choose your subjects and your teachers wisely. I would take as many courses on accounting as possible and business law plus the other stuff they have you teach. But if you learn law, accounting, finance, stuff like that, you'll make good use of your time. You'll get out, you'll have your Bachelor of Science degree and it'll be time well spent. You'll make your parents happy. You'll be better off for your time, and that's the way to do it. But I went through college. I have a Bachelor of Science degree. Kim has a Bachelor of Science degree. Stands for BS because we learned nothing about money. So you've got to make well use of your time and choose the subjects that are important for you being an entrepreneur, which is business law, accounting, and things like that, and finance. So make good use of yeah, your time. Yeah, and the, the one big head, head start that you've got, Preston, is that you know what you want to do. That's huge. So you can now guide things according to being an entrepreneur and, yeah. and go from that direction. You need the subjects on, all entrepreneurs have yeah. need. And I, you know, I, don't, I didn't get accounting. I, didn't, I got business law. I, didn't, I definitely didn't get sales in school, you know, but you, you have to have to be an entrepreneur. So and if you go subjects wisely. And just do what Robert did. He went and worked for his rich dad for free. I mean, yeah, start I, there. That's a great place to start. And Kim and I have always had mentors. You know, our last mentor was always. Frank. Yep. Frank took... Frank took multiple companies public through the New York Stock Exchange, and he became my mentor, and we took three companies public. But you have got to, as a, as a, I'm not really religious, but in the Bible it talks about the wise men, the three wise men went in search of a great mentor. It was called Jesus. I'm not promoting religion here, but wise people keep searching. 
most people stop learning. That's why they're falling behind today at rapid speed, which is their challenge. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Nathan in Dallas, Texas. Favorite book, Cash Flow Quadrant. says, how can I use debt as a tool in real estate to freeze the effects of inflation? That's a great question, but just tell the same answer with Preston. What kind of education do you have? You know, if you're really a village idiot when it comes to debt, you know, you should do what everybody says, cut up your credit card and stay out of get debt free. But if you're gonna to learn to use debt, you've gotta take classes on it. I take a lot of classes on debt. I also take a lot of classes on real estate and finance. It's just not taught in school. I don't need a college degree. But if you wanna jump out there and use debt without getting educated, you'll pay that price, a big price. Like Kim and I have never lost money in real estate simply because we're always studying. But most people are lazy. They think they can just go do it because it's easy. Just like I have friends who say, well, I can write a bestseller like you did. But it's not, they don't know how to do it. That it's not part of their struggle. They're lazy, 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 lazy people. And if you don't want to study, I can't help you. Do I study a lot, Kim? You study all the time. Constantly. Constantly. And so that's the difference. But I just don't study the stuff they teach me in school. So I'm always taking classes. I'm always in seminars. And I recommend you do the same thing. Now, if you don't want to do that, then cut up your credit cards, live debt-free, and get a job. And I also want to say to Nathan, uh, you know, we could tell you what we do, but that's not going to help you because you're in a different situation. So if you think there's going to be inflation, as just as Robert's saying, do your homework on what happens if there's inflation. If there's deflation, what happens if there's deflation? There's a lot of options on what you can do, and it would be irresponsible of us to say, oh, you should go do this because there's so many options, and you've got to make that choice. Once again, we have our book coming out. It's called Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, What is Real Financial Education? It's graduate school for those who've already read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you haven't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, don't start with that book. Start with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, then go to Cash Flow Quadrant, ESBs and I's, and then go Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, because it's about debt and taxes. But if you're not committed to your own education, don't use debt and taxes, because it'll, it'll wipe you out. Once again, thank you to Ryan Holiday. We're gonna have him back again. So thank you to Ryan, and thank you all for your questions. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com, and thank you for listening to this program.